broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, welcome to Women in Business, where we celebrate influential women making a difference in our community. Now, here's your host. Hello, this is Lori Kennedy, and I'm your host today for Women in Business, uh, powered by Business Radio X. Stone Payton, our producer, is also in the studio with us today. We're grateful to have you tuned in with us, and today we are interviewing Courtney Shutter. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Okay, and Tammy Lewis. So the first thing I'm going to do is I am going to ask each one of them to tell us about what they do and uh, you know just their businesses and why they're here. So I'm going to start with you, Courtney. Courtney, tell us what you do and uh, how that plays out into uh, your life and the community and that sort of thing. Absolutely. So I am an ADHD life coach. So what I do is I help specifically parents. Um, with organization, feeling overwhelmed, um, and we talk about the obstacles that are preventing them from getting to their goals, and we find ways to get over those obstacles. Okay, so when you say parents, do you mean helping parents that have children with ADHD, or do you mean helping parents or adults who have ADHD, or, or both? I can do both, but my passion is parents who are ADHD. Because that's how, that's my story. So okay. that's why I got into this. Yeah. Well, I'm a parent who is ADHD without children in the home. Does that still count? Yes. Okay. Good. Because <laughs> yes. I might need help. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. And do you have a name for your business or do you operate on your own or how does that work? Yes. So it's ADHD Parent LLC. Ah, okay. Yes. Great. All right. Awesome. Tammy. Hey. Hi. Tell you? us about what you do and how, I, you, I know you have several things that you're passionate about, so I want to hear about all of them. Okay. Well, um, thank you again for having me here. This is so awesome and a great opportunity just, you know, to meet other women and learn more about women in business. So my my journey has definitely changed. I was in corporate America for a while in um, the pharmaceutical industry. And I totally did a 360. So I'm actually in finance now, which has nothing to do with health <laughs> or selling illegal pharmaceuticals. But um, <laughs> but I did a total 360 in finance. I partner with my husband in our business where we really do focus on helping people get on the right side of wealth um, with um, people at work and with um, money at work as well. And um, life changes, and I'm pretty sure I'll talk a little bit more about it, but I'm also a breast cancer survivor, so I started a nonprofit called Pink Pearl Hero literally a week before my major, major surgery, and it was because I didn't see women who um, look like me talking about breast cancer, and um, African-American women die at a higher rate. Oh, wow. um, from it. So I was just like, why, you know, I was like, well, somebody needs to talk about it. And I'm like, well, well why not you? Because your background is health education. And then from that, which is not ironic, I always think things happen for a reason is I um, co-created a digital planner called One Dope Planner. Um, it's a digital organization planning experience, pretty dope. But, um, my partner actually was, is, is, um, has been diagnosed with, um, ADHD. So, it's, um, again, I always say it's divine that you, when you're around certain people, um, with, um, you know, places and that you go. So that's me. So I've turned into a trilogy. I'm trying to figure out how to really say that, but 
you know, just from life. Those are the three passions of mine. Okay. I'm going to like delve into each of those just a tad. Yes. First of all, I want to know more about this dope planner. Like how do you get it? What type of uh, device do you need to use it on? Like what, give me some details there. Like if I wanted to do this and be part of this, how, how do I join you in this? So, I mean, right now it's um, just available on Instagram. So there's a link where you can purchase it through Instagram. You do need like a tablet and you do need, um, so, you know, iPads or like, um, any type of PDF, you know, tablet, um, you do need like a pen, you know, cause it works better with like a stylus, so, you know, because people have asked me, well, can I just, you know, purchase it and how does it work? And you do need to have a certain software, but all that is laid out in like, if you go check like the Instagram post on there. So we'll be having more people because I don't have time to do it, but we'll be having more people kind of show how they use it um, just in their everyday lives. So, and that actually came into play because when I was going through all my surgeries, I couldn't carry anything over 10 pounds because I was like the Levenger junkie. Like I had, I had the top of the line Levengers because I always like to plan and organize. But when the surgery started to happen, my plastic surgeon said, you can't carry anything over 10 pounds. And I said, well, I got to figure this out because I still have a business that we're running. So I cannot not be organized. And so I learned, uh, well, digital planning fell into my lap. It was a divine digital planning. And I just started creating them. And it actually kept me busy during that process too. So my mind was on that and not on where I currently was when I was going through that process. That's awesome. I do, I do, it seems to me like uh, the more life I do, the more I realize that sometimes uh, the hardest or the most difficult moments in our life are where things grow and bloom that take us to the next place, you know? And so the fact that you say that this planner came uh, as a result of something that was, you know, a tragedy in your life and has turned it into a triumph. And that's awesome. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, tell me a little about uh, your story, Courtney, as far as like what led you to this place for such a time as this? Yes. So I, um, Good things come out of tragedies sometimes. Yeah. So I was let go uh, from my insurance job. I was also in the insurance industry for 10 years. Um, and I had no idea what I was going to do. I was a little bit panicked. I have a four-year-old. It's just me and him. And I had just been diagnosed with ADHD the summer before that. And, uh, you know, I was doing, I was hyper-focusing. That's what ADHD people are really good at. And so I was hyper-focusing and looking up all these things with ADHD. And I saw that there are ADHD life coaches. And I thought, well, what is that? I didn't even know. I never even thought of a life coach, to be honest with you. And I looked into it and it was one of those uh, impulsive, a little bit impulsive ADHD things where I was like, oh, yes, that's what I'm going to do. Shiny object. Let's do it. <laughs> and so <laughs> I paid for the classes and just going through the certification process has made me learn so much about me, how I function. Um, it's It's been amazing. And it also explains a lot about like childhood because I was one of those ones where I was okay in school. I got you know, talks too much on my report card, you know, every time they came out. But, you know, my mom loves to tell this story that uh, in high school, she she was a teacher. She's a math, 
she retired math teacher and she, I was not doing well. Uh, and she held a parent teacher conference. She was like, we need to talk. This is not acceptable. And every single one of my teachers was like, oh, but she's so sweet and she's working so hard and it's okay. And my mom is sitting there like, no, it's not okay. She's getting D's. And, you know, it's so, and we didn't know at the time that there was anything going on in my brain. It was just, I was struggling and we didn't know. I'm 35 years old. Back then, you didn't really, it's rare. It did happen, but women really did not get diagnosed with ADHD. And it's still uh, very rare. And we have to fight a lot harder to get our diagnosis. I actually had to convince my doctor to, I said, listen, I've taken all these tests. I've talked to all my friends who know things. I need you to, what, what do we need to do to try this? Because I think this is what I have. Because before I was diagnosed anxiety and depression. And mm. I thought, mm. I'm not really depressed. I'm just really tired all the time. So, um, you know, so being let go from my job, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, and then yeah. just jumping in and finding my passion. Um, but I also have a degree in psychology. That was my oh. my undergrad. So I always, in insurance, I worked in claims. So I always kind of said, oh, well, I use my degree because I'm making people, I'm calming them down. I'm making them feel better when they're stressed out because they just got in a car accident. Right. Um, but now I really am going back to yeah. my roots and I'm, it's, it's been awesome. It's been an awesome ride. That is awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me what hyper-focus means. Like, I just want to understand, or I want everybody who's listening, plus me, <laughs> uh, to understand <laughs> what that means. Exactly. Yes. So when, um, a typical person, we call a lot of the word is neurotypical. So if you don't have ADHD, autism, those things, you are neurotypical. Uh, neurodivergent is autism, ADHD, etc. So neurotypical people get excited about stuff and they're like, oh yeah, this is, this is great. Let me read about this for about an hour. And they learn some things and it's great. Neurodivergent people are like, oh, that's so cool. Five months later, they know everything about that subject because they have just completely it's it c- consumed their day to day because they have to know everything about it. Um, and that's what happened after I got my ADHD diagnosis. One, I realized that I have always been doing that. Um, but two, that's what allowed me to really learn all these things about ADHD and find out what I really wanted to do with that. But yes, it's, we just take everything to a little bit of an extreme. Okay. Well, I want to explore this more with you later, one-on-one and personally. Yes. Um, (laughs) Tammy, tell us about the financial or wealth building part of what you're doing. And, and I would love for you to mention some of your, uh, um, social media, things that you have happening around that as well. Yeah. So um, what I realized, and this actually came more into play during the whole breast cancer journey, is I started reading. <laughs> when you said that, I'm like, oh, that's me. Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, self-diagnosis. But it happened. I started reading more about why women don't have the wealth that 
we should be, you know, should have. And a lot of it is because we're trying to win a game and we don't understand like where we are in, on the board and we're playing from behind because women actually make a, uh, 80 cents for every dollar that a man makes. I mean, it's not our rules. It's just what it is. And so if you're playing a game, you got to know what the rules are. And I think that's I think women know that, but they don't like know the dollar. And yeah. when you look at it by race, I mean, the separation happens even more. So I'm like, OK, so we're all trying to win this game of, you know, wealth, but we're all playing from behind and we're not using the right tools. So one of the things that I share is like when I went through my breast cancer journey is, you know, I had certain things in place. So, you know, I talk about how I had life insurance in place. You know, nobody wants to think about death, but I actually had to because, you know, we didn't know what was going on, you know, and I told my husband, I said, you know, well, worst case scenario, the kid's financial future is set because we put those plans in place and outside of, you know, what, you know, benefits that you get in a corporate job. And then, you know, just teaching people about investments. So, you know, I'll, you know, take time and do workshops on that or just one-on-one just to put a plan in place. Because I had money making money for me while I was going through all the surgeries. But, you know, in entrepreneurship, because we had a business that had passive income, I didn't have to work. And, you know, I tell people when you have options, you heal differently because, you know, when you're going through like chemo and radiation, you only got one or two options. You're either working because you have to because you got to have benefits and keep money coming in or you can't work at all because the side effects are too bad. But when you got options, you, you, you do, you just heal differently. And yeah. so I oh, would assume, ahead. I was just going to say, I would assume that the stress of having to uh, have a full-time position while you are going through right. something like that would just make it even harder. Yes. Right. Harder to heal from because right. you, now you're adding stress to it as well. Right. And I just was talking to actually one of my sorority sisters, who's also a breast cancer survivor, who actually went to see my plastic surgeon for some redo reconstruction and she said yeah he said it again he said you're you were just an anomaly the way that you healed and because everything I did was intentional but I think I could be more intentional about it because I didn't have all these other stressors that most women you know have going through that process so that's uh, you know and one of my girlfriends who was one of my partners in uh, pharmaceuticals she said so you know what this means right so this means that you can tell your story from you living through it and the things that you had in place and you know the having your business that you can talk to other women about this is how you have you know multiple sources of income this is how you get your you know finances in order and you know just talk to them through what you live through at the same time yeah, I love how all the pieces, like I'm trying to get you to tell me about one thing, but it always flows right into the next. It's like right. your whole life is all so interconnected. You don't have like this space for this and this space for this. It's all together because you do have this women of wealth, yes. social media. And then you also, with the breast cancer thing, I want you to tell me about these boxes or yeah, something <laughs> that you were talking about yes. in reference to that. I want to hear mm-hmm. more about that. So tell me about those two things. So the women of wealth, like I, I started like a private group just so we can just start having wealth conversations. And, you know, most people think I'm just talking about finance. No health is wealth. 
you know, mindset is wealth because if you have a bad mindset, then I mean, you're not making any money because you're just kind of like all over the place. And so bringing a platform where we can have safe conversations about that. And again, going through the breast cancer, I was like, okay, so I really need to do something with this. And when I was in the Woodstock Business Club for like the first time I was there, uh, it was actually last March. And um, actually, Giselle came up to me and she said, you know, I wanted to introduce myself here. I invited actually this person and this person. So we kind of went down the list and she said, and there's probably seven other women in this room who know who you are, but you don't know who they are. Oh, wow. And that's when I said, okay, so this thing is really getting big. So it's um, it's an opportunity, number one, to ha- uh, have wealth conversations on health, mindset, and wealth. But also what it's turned into is I want it to be a platform for other women who are entrepreneurs to showcase their business. Yeah, that's because, awesome. You know, at the same time. So we're, we're working on what we're actually going to do with it. So yeah, I've talked to some other women and just um, some of the relationships that I've had with other women and not just here, but it's also like, I went back and looked at the analytics because I'm a little analytical (laughs) 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 and um, yeah, I mean, we have women from Atlanta, like all areas of Atlanta and in Nashville, in St. Louis, in Houston, in Dallas, parts of Jersey, New York, we got people in Boise, Idaho. I mean, it's just, it, but it's that, you know, six feet of separation that has happened. Yeah. And it's like its own, like, growing organism. So how many, uh, how many members of this uh, social media? So right now, when I last counted, we're right at 1300, getting ready to tip over to 14. And that's only because it's private. Now, so like, I know as soon as we release it, it's just going to turn into its own beast. So I just want to make sure a couple things are in place before we do that. So we are really supporting women in that process, not just kind of being another women's group. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love the strategy behind that. So tell me about these boxes that we had talked about at one point in time. I want everybody to hear what you want to do. So when I was, um, when we started the pink pearl hero, it was like, so what are we going to do? Because I had, I have some girlfriends who, um, like Valida's Hope, one of my girlfriends in St. Louis, she does recliners for women who have double mastectomies. I would have never thought of that until I went through it. And it was like my savings grace. It was like my bed from October to no, October to the next May because oh, wow. of just um, the type of surgery. So what I decided was... Um, a couple of girlfriends of mine in St. Louis would send me a box once a month. And I always like look forward to the box. It had funny things in it. It had tea. It had um, mask in it. It had like gift cards to Panera, Starbucks, um, T-shirts, all that stuff. And I said, well, what am I going to do or what are we going to do to give back? So I decided let's do this hero box because that was one of the things that I always look forward to. And that's a way that someone can support another breast cancer survivor, even if they're not in the same city as them. So the hero box. And so I took it a step further because, you know, big on supporting women in their businesses is let's put contents of the box only from women's businesses so we can support other women in their businesses. So that's what we're in the process of doing. Um, and I've met some phenomenal women in the journey of doing that. And even from things, because we even talked about, you know, little things about 
getting a, you know oil change or car repair. I mean, it may sound like, okay, why would you put that in the box? I'm like, because the car still has to be repaired (laughs) when you're going, you know, through that process. And there are so many women. And I think that's the only thing that keeps me talking about my journey is because there's so many women who go through this alone. And, you know, and even some of my friends are like, yeah, I just, you know, they have family members who don't know they had breast cancer. Wow. Because that's just their choice. And I respect their choice. And so for me, I'm just like, well, I'll just be your voice now. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So Courtney, I want to hear about how people like are able to know about what you do and how they find you. Like how does somebody come across? How do how would I have come Where across? Am I? Where yeah. Am I? Yeah. Like, I mean, I found you on social media, right? but it just was kind of by accident, which I'm so happy for. Yes, I am too. And I can't wait for us to I'm like, a little obsessed with Tammy though. I have to admit she's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Tammy is awesome. I'm like, can we just ask her more questions? <laughs> no, we want to hear from you too. I know. I know. <laughs> because I'm over here self-diagnosing. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, no. Um, so I am most active on Instagram. So yeah. my Instagram is connected to my Facebook page. So it's ADHD parent. 86 on Instagram and that's where I go live. I post a lot. I repost um, a lot of people who are self-diagnosing themselves as ADHD. They get it from TikTok, which is fantastic. There's a lot of good information out there, but there is a lot of not correct information (laughs) out there. So I just would encourage everyone to just... um, do their own research, you know, love the TikTok videos, love the Instagram even. Um, but yeah, and then go and uh, my favorite uh, place that I go for a lot of my information is called Attitude Magazine. It's A-D-D-itude. Oh, that's cool. Um, and so they have all these experts and um, a lot of different information about what ADHD is, what it is not. Um, but yes, where you can find me is mostly on Instagram. That's where I, I just talk usually to myself. It's fine. I, I love it. Actually, I go live and I, no one's there. I'm just like, well, I'm just going to pretend I'm talking to you guys. And I just, you know, and usually some people will watch it afterwards and, and comment, but, um, and then I have my own, I have two websites. So Courtney com is my just official coaching. That's all it is, is coaching. And then um, ADHD-parent.com is my blog. Um, but in true ADHD fashion, I have three posts on my blog because <laughs> I was so excited to become a blogger. And then it was like, oh, wait, this is boring. I don't want to yeah. do this. Um, so I, I do want to get more into it. But again, this... I'm a baby business. I just started even thinking about this in May. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Well, is this something that can be like connected to psychology or a di- like, could you be on some sort of uh, insurance type of thing where somebody could get? So insurance? No, it's not. Uh, it's okay. not covered on insurance and it's not like therapy counseling. Um but I do work with a lot of other coaches and you can go and buy regular advertising, things like that. Okay. The main uh, body that kind of looks over all of life coaching is called the International Coaching Federation. Mm-hmm. 
So they're the ones that are making sure that everyone's kind of doing coaching in okay. a similar manner. Okay. Um, but yeah, all of it, you have to pay to get your name on there. And again, I'm a baby business. So yeah. 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 I just didn't know how all that worked. Cause it sounds like it should be something that is part of it should be counseling good. or something yes. of that nature. A hundred percent. And I always encourage people coaching is not therapy. So what I'll do is either I'll have a conversation with somebody and I'll realize they may be better suited for therapy because therapy, mm-hmm. I think a lot is dealing with past traumas, uh, talking yeah. about the past, figuring out how to maybe get over those types of things. Coaching is all about the future. It's here's where I am and here's where I want to be. How do I get there? And people just get stuck. I mean, I just talked to somebody yesterday that they had this great idea to fix a problem that they had, but they have no idea how to implement that fix. They're like, I know this will work for me, but I, I cannot bring myself to actually do it. And it was like, okay, we can work on that. We can get there. It's very similar to um, like you hire a, a fitness coach. You're like, okay, I'm here in my weight or my fitness level and I want to be here, but I cannot do it on my own. So can you get me there? Yeah. And that's what a life coach does, especially with people with ADHD. I think we tend to get stuck more often because we have a lot of stuff going on and, you know, a lot of ideas, a lot of um, shiny new objects that we get so excited about and it's so hard to rein it in. And yeah. think, okay, this is what I'm going to focus on today. Um, even I do. I, I mean, I have all the tools of a coach. You know, I, I know what I'm doing, and I still struggle with it sometimes. So it's a work yeah. in project process always. Yeah. Okay, so the next question is, I want to know who's in your household. So let's start with you, Courtney. Uh, I have my son, and who is four, and two dogs and a cat. Oh, Yes. It is, uh, I just moved my office upstairs to my bedroom because um, where my house sits, the sun only hits one side of my house and I have to have that sunshine. Otherwise, I'm just like, oh, it's nap time? Okay, let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) All day long. (laughs) Even on medication, I'm just like, no, I can take a nap, that's fine. Um, So, yes, but my dogs were, they're little 10-pound dogs and they bark at so I have little ones too. What kind of ears? Bichon okay. and a Havanese. Okay. I have Pomeranians. Oh. And they bark at everything too. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yappies. My next dog will be a German Shepherd. <laughs> German Shepherds are beautiful They're dogs. They're my favorite. They're my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Tammy, who is in your house? Well, so we're going through a transition because, um, so my oldest is in college in Nashville and my youngest is graduating. She's a senior. Um, and so she'll be leaving the nest. So we'll be empty nesters. And so I'm, I'm like, everybody's like, are you excited? I'm like, actually, I'm not. Because I'm so, you know, it's always been them. And, yeah. of course, I'm sorry, my husband, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the other kid. <laughs> the big kid, right? And uh, we do have a little dog. We have a, um, what's that? It's a Yorkie Shih Tzu, Shorky mm-hmm. Zoo. Which that breed has got, yeah, detachment issues, I think, oh. for some reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But which we've been informed from uh, my older daughter that as soon as she gets her apartment in Nashville, she's taking the dog too. So I was like, okay. So yeah, so Lauren, our youngest, will be going to SCAD in the fall, but she's going to be in, you know, in Atlanta on campus there. So that's who's in the house, kind of in the house, but we'll be empty nesters. So, so why don't you tell me, Tammy, about a mistake that you made in your business and what you learned from it? Oh, I, I think I've made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> um, I think the one of the biggest mistakes always has to do with people. And, you know, I um, in any business, I think especially when you have people that work with you, it's really not like listening. Like you kind of hear them, but like really listening to what they're saying and not clarifying and just assuming this is, you know, this is what I think I heard you say. And really just taking a step back, you know, the whole process like, okay, so what I heard was and taking that step where I just kind of like assumed and went on like a whole nother tangent and realizing that, I mean, my like my agents, my agents are my customers and, you know, the customer is, you know, always right. So you still have to kind of take that step to, to listen and I think, the, you know, a couple times where I've made people mistakes is not taking that extra step to say, all right, well, maybe what you're thinking and what they're saying is two different things. So just take a step back, clarify, ask the question, just be humble about it. And um, then, you know, kind of go from there. So, yeah, that's great. Courtney, what about you? So um, when I first thought about this question, I thought, well, I'm too new. I haven't made any mistakes, but... Now that you've said that, not that I have made any mistakes with other people yet, because it is just me, um, but not listening to myself. So Mm -hmm. I was, I'm past that point now, but I was being very wishy-washy about who I wanted to coach. Um, And then when it wasn't working out immediately, I thought, okay, maybe I just need to go back to what I know, insurance, and maybe not get out of the coaching space per se, but, you know, start coaching insurance agents, which would have been months of retraining. And I thought, you know, finally, I just said, okay, no, 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 trust your gut. This is what you're passionate about. So I think that would be, um, you know, my main takeaway and what I have to just try and remember consistently is trust your gut you know, and don't, and just go with it. You know, this is what you're good at. It may be a little bit of a, uh, uh, slow start, Yeah, but again, I just started in May. So yeah, (laughs) I think it's great. It's, uh, it's, you know, you can't expect things overnight to happen, but I do love that. I love what you said about taking a step back and making sure that you are understanding what people are actually saying to you and what they're understanding, because that's big in coaching. It's like, this is what I'm hearing you say you want to work on, or this is what I'm hearing you say, making sure you have that understanding because people's brains, you know, work differently and not just if they have ADHD, everybody. Right. Um, So getting that clarity is so important with all relationships. What are some misconceptions about your industry? So I think the biggest thing is people just don't know about life coaches, especially that there are specific life coaches for people with ADHD. 
um, I know the courses that I took at the IACT Center, she, the woman who runs them, she started them years ago, but it's always been kind of a small, small school. And now, finally, I think partly because of the pandemic, it's just blown up, you know, because a lot of people are giving themselves permission to work on their mental health because we're all struggling right now. Um, and a lot of people, there was a, a meme, and I can't remember the numbers, but it said women who took an online test to find out if they're ADHD in 2017 was like 1,100. Women who took an online test to find out if they're ADHD in 2022 was like 2,500. Wow. I mean, it's absolutely it's just crazy um, because partly we are very underdiagnosed. Um, we mask very well. Masking is when you um, you realize that you're different. And so you do whatever you need to do to fit in with everybody else, which also can then cause anxiety mm-hmm. because you're just not able to be yourself at all. Right. Um, so, yeah. And I lost my train of thought. Hashtag well, ADHD. <laughs> I think don't we all do that or it's it's actually a diagnosis in the DSM four. It's called postpartum amnesia. (laughs) I've been using it for 20 years. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. There's, there's the normal rate and then there's the ADHD rate where you're like, just, okay, bye thought. (laughs) It was nice knowing you when I had you. (laughs) Well, so do you typically do zoom is that how you do that? Okay. All online. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm international. So coaching, there's no regulation as far as like, I don't have to have a license in each state. So it's all Zoom and it's whatever country, city, state, whatever I can Is it work. typically one hour sessions? Is that it how is. you do it? Okay. Yep. So one hour. So I'm weak. One hour a week. Mm-hmm. Um, they can contact me throughout the week. Like if there's a quote unquote emergency, um, they can message me through my client management system. And um, yeah, and then it's I offer 12 weeks or 24 weeks. And right now what I'm doing, especially because, like I said, ADHD people can tend to quickly sign up for things or, ooh, that's going to work for me. I know this is going to fix me, uh, which is one of the things I don't do in my coaching is we're not trying to fix you. But <clears throat> that's how they think. They're like, I'm going to be normal. It's like, no, honey, you don't need to be normal. You're perfect. But um, I do three weeks at a um, sliding scale. So essentially what you can afford for three weeks Um, And that gives people typically an understanding of if coaching is going to work for them, if that's what they thought it was going to be. And then after that, then that's when we sign up for, they decide, the 12 or 24 weeks. Okay. I love that. Yeah. It just gives them kind of, um, you know, a better idea of what coaching is and how I can help them. And I don't want to be another app that you forget to cancel and then it just keeps renewing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, $500 later, it's like, oh my God, I keep forgetting to cancel this. You know, I don't need to be that. I don't need you to sign up for the whole 12 weeks and then realize three weeks in, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, so I like to give people that kind of trial. Yeah, I love that. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Tammy, tell me about some misconceptions or a misconception in your industry. Well, I mean, I think um, 
one of the biggest misconceptions, I think, from a um, client perspective is that people like like they don't want to get their finances in order. Like they, some people just don't know where to start. Yeah. And I've met, you know, um, folks anywhere from like, this is all I have, you know, but I got to start somewhere to people who make six figures and say, I just never sat down and did it. <laughs> you know, like they just, I, I do the stuff, you know, that my employer has, but there was never a plan in place. <laughs> and I think it's just some people just, you know, it's just, you know, they're, they're just working kind of like just in the, on the treadmill, just kind of just working. And they've never stopped to say, I really need to put a plan in place. And I think, um, like, especially like our Gen Zers, no, not Gen Zers, Gen Xers, me, um, or we're now at a point where it's like, oh, uh, retirement is like in 20 years. And I never really like sat down and really put a plan in place. Yeah. I just been kind of winging it the whole time. So, and then I think the other misconception is like these younger folks, you know, they, you know, I, I do call them like kind of the juice box generation. They want instant gratification, but there are a handful out there that are just like, look, I, I, I ain't trying to do like, you know, my mom and my dad did. I got to do something different or I'm going to be stuck in this, you know, in this cycle. So I think there's, there's more of that now in pockets than ever before. Okay. Um, do you have a message that is for women specifically? Yes. Um, yes. Can you tell? <laughs> I, yes. I can. I can. <laughs> Big deep breath. Let's go. And, uh, you know, and I and here's here's why. Can I can I take a second to say why? Oh, you absolutely okay. can. I just think it's funny because I've read through these questions and I'm like, oh, we're answering them naturally. Like I don't, I can't even ask half of my questions because <laughs> it's just automatically come out. But yes, tell us. So I think well, a couple couple reasons why it's number one, just through my own personal experience of going through breast cancer and having options and life is all about options. And I think the other thing is, is just from sitting um, from on the financial part of it is seeing women like I met, um, I met a lady who had been married for years, over 20 years and her husband dies and there's not enough life insurance. So now she has to sell the house she had an estate sale and she lives with her son in his basement because there wasn't enough. And she just never, she's, I just never thought to have the conversation and not saying that, you know, that's just, you know, her husband just didn't, they just never had the conversation and she thought that everything would be okay. So I'm a little different when I talk to couples. I always ask the wife, I said, he dies. What happens to you? And like, lay it out. Tell me step by step. And a lot of women don't know and vice versa. Cause I've seen the wife die and the husband have to figure it out where they had to get a nanny and had to have somebody come in like those little things people don't think about. So my message for women is if, if you, if you're married or not married, if you're, you know, if you're um, a single mom, a stay at home mom, if you don't have a husband or a kid, you know, what is the plan? And if somebody said, go, can you recite the plan? Like, you know, like for me, I shared because of this experience, one of the things that we did is I, you know, I was like, okay, well, this is real. So we've really got to put a better plan in place is, you know, I told my husband, something happens to me here, the five accounts, and here's where all the money needs to go. Nobody, again, nobody wants to talk about that. But 
now there's a ease like if something still happens because something is going to happen one day I, I mean it's like I don't know why people don't realize you, you are going to die one day so you just have we don't to think about we it. don't want to think about it but the thing is is that wealthy people think about it that's part of the plan like and that's why they have generational wealth because it's part of the plan so um you know, even like talking to Taylor, you know, our oldest now that she's 20, I'm like, okay, so we need to redo our will because you're 20 and you kind of know our business. And so putting those plans in place, because once you do it, then you don't have to do it again and you can rest easy at night and you can really, really enjoy life and not be the wife that I met whose husband is no longer here. So she can't even grieve because, you know, the house that she's been in for years she can no longer be in. So that makes me sad. But I know yeah. me too. Me too. And I hear it more so, you know, than not. Um, I, I mean, and then there was another case where the wife was, she stayed at home with the kids. Husband was in um, corporate and these are not FYI. These are none of my clients. These are just stories that kind of, you know, brought more passion. And um, he goes, he drive. he's on his motorcycle and he dies. And he's making, you know, good income because she stayed at home. But they were like living in a half million dollar house. All that gone because it just wasn't enough to plan for it. Wow. So it's just know what whatever the plan is, put the plan in place. Um, and on the good side and on for retirement, unless you plan on working like, you you know, how you see. Well, I don't know. If you, but like if you go to Walmart, like. It just burns, it burns me and it makes me sad when I see older women working. Yeah. Like over 70. Mm-hmm. Still working. Yeah. Right. So like that shouldn't. Yeah. Have the uncomfortable conversations. That's me. It's, I love to have yeah. those conversations yeah. with people. Oh, I love, I love to get awkward. But <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it just makes people to start think like, oh my gosh. And yeah. that's what, you know, struck me as I was like. Yeah, I was making great money in corporate, but I didn't have a plan. Mm-hmm. So, well, Courtney, is there a um, it, specifically for women? Is there a message that you have for that? Yeah, definitely. Um, go for your dreams. So, you know, I spent probably too many months trying to get back in the industry that I had been in that I knew, um, and then I finally decided to actually just forget it, go for it. And I'm a single mom and it's a big risk to decide I'm going to work for myself. I, this is my business is my company. I know I can do this, but I also have days where I'm like, Oh my God, what was I thinking? This is not, this is terrible. Um, but I just, I just keep going. Um, and then the other thing really is take up space. You know, we do not, We shrink ourselves, which causes anxiety, um, and we just need to stop. We need to stop shrinking ourselves to make other people uncomfortable, make other people comfortable. Yeah. You know, I I still do it to an extent. I I catch myself, but it's a hard habit to break. Yeah. Um, You know, and especially women with ADHD, even if they don't know it, um, they are much more susceptible to doing that because we're so often told that we're wrong. We're doing it wrong. You're, you know, you're not being ladylike. Um, because especially women with ADHD, we have a really hard time being traditional women. Uh, we talk too much. We're too, we're too much, um, for people. (laughs) And 
I just would love every single woman, ADHD or not, to just get over it, you know, as best we could and just say, you know what, I'm going to take up all this space. And if it makes you uncomfortable, that's your problem. That's not my problem. So that's, you know, I'm very passionate about that, clearly. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I think embracing who you are is something that a lot of uh, women struggle with. And I, I think that the message of you are okay. You are good enough. You are amazing the way you are is something that uh, needs to be retrained in a lot of brains. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's very, very difficult. I mean, I, I posted something, I mean, it was ADHD specific, but about ADHD being a superpower. Well, it's not always a superpower. Sometimes it feels like kryptonite. You're just like, I literally can't get off the couch today. That's just, that's, that's what's going to happen today. I'm doing nothing. Um, But to be able to find that superpower is so important. But I posted it on uh, women's uh, ADHD and got torn apart because they said because they don't feel it. And they and they are not in the space Mm. right now to be able to believe it, that they can be that they can use this as their superpower. Don't you think, though, don't both of you think and you too, Stone, don't you all <laughs> think that our superpower and our kryptonite are typically the same thing? Just yes. one of them is managed and one is unbridled. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> like when I, when, when, you know, like if you're in an interview and somebody says, what is your weakness? Well, you're supposed to turn it around as your strength, but in reality, it's probably the same thing. Your strength and your weakness is the same thing. Yeah. yeah. It's just one of them. You've you've got a handle on. And then in some cases it's out of your grasp, so to speak. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Like with ADHD, one of the um, people that people, that people complain about is talking too much. I wish I could just shut up and stop talking, but I can't, but then you can flip it and say, I'm really easy to talk to. Right. And so it's, yeah, absolutely. It, it can go both ways. It's yeah. just a matter of being able to get to that mindset of, yes, this is a positive thing and I'm going to use it as such. And not everybody can get there. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. Well, I, I love that, that it's your life's mission to ensure that as many people get there as possible. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Courtney, how can people get in touch with you? Give us all of your things. Yes. Well, I know you've done it already, but we're going to have it right here, you know, packed in at the end. Yeah, absolutely. So Instagram is ADHD parent 86. My website is ADHD-parent.com or CourtneyShutter.com. C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y-S-C-H-U-T-T-E-R.com. Awesome. Yes. And Tammy, tell people how to get in touch with you. Yes. Um, so I guess because of my business, my, you know, and the brokerage, it's really just my personal. So, um on Instagram is probably the easiest way. Uh, it's Tammy GG Lewis. So it's nothing like, you know, fancy because of that. But, um, as far as like the, uh, pink pearl hero on Facebook and Instagram, it is pink pearl hero all together. And for the planner, it's one dope planner. So it's the number one D O P E. So P like Paul E planner. And that's on Facebook and Instagram. And now on TikTok. <laughs> I wish I could just, I mean, well, that's why we're hiring other people to do it. <laughs> and that, when you said that about the the kryptonite, I think my girlfriend and I, 
she's an entrepreneur as well. And we both figured it out. We're professional extroverts, but we're personal <laughs> introverts. Yes. Because um, I'm really an introvert and people are like, no way. I'm like, yes. I'm going to go home and take a nap because of all of this talking. <laughs> <laughs> like, for real. <laughs> I'm just like, can I go back to the beach? That's all I really yes. want to do. So. so Tammy Lewis is with a Y and an EW. EW. Tam- yes. Okay. I was just say Tammy Lewis from St. Louis. Like I knew that, but yeah, I wanted to make sure others then, could find you. And then one is the number is one. the number one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Any yes. last minute amazingness? I think this is amazing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's fun. Huh? I've seen um, personally. I've seen a shift in the U.S. with women, and I've like I was seeing it, but now it's kind of like. I am woman, hear me roar, roar. And then when the pandemic happened, I think a lot of women actually pivoted and they were just like, you know what, this, you know, baby that I had on the shelf or this, this feeling I had inside, dang it, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it guns a blazing. I think we're seeing a lot of that now. So if there's women listening, if, you know, if you got that, that urge, just, I mean, literally just, just do it because the world is waiting on you. Definitely. The world needs you. And the world needs you for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to be heard. And like I said, we need to take up more space for sure. For sure. Awesome. Well, remember, if you already know everything, then you are sure to learn nothing. Gloria Kennedy (laughs) signing off.